Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Waiting for our blessed hope of the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Mark 8, 34 through 38. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Hey everybody, good morning and uh, welcome to Christ Community Chapel. So, so glad that you are here. And if I haven't told you in a while, I, I love you guys, love being a part of this place. Hope you do too. Uh, welcome those of you who are over in our East service and those of you who are tuning in. Uh, we miss you. Can't wait for you to be with us. Man, I was thinking while we were singing that last song that the day is coming when uh, everybody will be back and we won't have mass and we will <laughs> blow the lid off this place. It's going to be awesome. All right, I can't wait. Uh, and I wanted those verses read because I want uh, those to be kind of echoing around because those weave their way through this message that I hope you will see. But this is the last of our four-part series on vision. And vision is really just a plan to get us where we want to go. Without a plan, it's easy to end up where you've always been. And we had these collages made up and put on the sound panels of the sanctuary to kind of show the road that God has had us on. And there are four collages, each one representing a decade because we turned 40 as a church this June. And the question we've been asking is, what do we want the next three collages to look like? What do we want this church to be like in the next 30 years? And we are calling that vision reimagine. I told you last week why I love that word. And I love that word because you know, I'm at the age now where when I watch commercials, uh, I get sucked in when there's a product that promises to make me feel like I felt when I was 20, right? Because I'm going, I, wanna, I would love to feel the way I, feel, I felt when I was 20. But that's not what Jesus wants for me. Jesus is not wanting me to go back to something that I used to be. Jesus wants to be, me to be the man I have never yet been. And that's the same thing with you. That's why we talked about Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, uh, last week, where at the end of that story, Zacchaeus is this wildly generous and joyful and just and compassionate and loving man. That's not the way he was in his 20s. He had become the man he had never been because he met Jesus and he'd been reimagined by Jesus. All right, back to the collages. What do we want our church to be like 30 years from now? We told you we have three big goals. 
And one is everyone, every community, everywhere. Our, our goal is that in 30 years, everyone within a 10-mile radius will have a Christ-following friend. And we pray that will result in 10,000 people coming to know Jesus as their Savior who don't know him yet. Every community, 30 years from now, what we are praying is that every community in Northeast Ohio has a gospel-preaching church right in their own neighborhood where they can hear about Jesus. We feel like our part is to plant two churches a year for the next 30 years, 60 churches, and then everywhere. 30 years from now, we want to look back and think that we, and know that we participated in a robust way with ministries all over the world, $30 million, so that people everywhere can have someone who will tell them about Jesus. Everyone, every community, everywhere. We're looking at a task that will seem impossible, then difficult, and then done. That's what we want. And the reason that we want to do this is because we want to be a church that obeys Jesus in everything, but particularly in the commandment that he gives us in Matthew chapter 28, where he says, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded them. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And last week we talked about in order to make a disciple, you have to be a disciple. So we want to be a church that helps you become a disciple. And we introduced a mechanism that we want you to get familiar with, and that was the square, triangle, triangle, square. And that's simply this, that we want you to be looking at yourself the way God created you. God created you to, to be in his own image, which means that you were created to be like a little mirror that reflects the very image of God. And if you want to know what that would look like, you look at Jesus. And in every way that you're different than Jesus, because Jesus was the exact representation of God. He was exactly the way God wanted him to be. In every way that I'm different than Jesus, I want to try to figure that out. And then I want to see how Jesus is changing me or can change me into the man that I've never been. And last week, I, I shared with you how I'm trying to do that with preaching. Because preaching can be nerve-wracking to me. Uh, because uh, my worth sometimes is tied up into what I do. And maybe you have that happening to you as well. Sometimes my worth is tied up into what people think about me and how people approve of me. And if I'm doing that in preaching, then it is very nerve-wracking. But I think if Jesus was never like that, Jesus' worth wasn't tied up into what people thought of him. And what does Jesus want to do in me? Jesus wants to tell me, Joe, listen, your worth is not tied up into what, in what you do. Your worth is tied up in what I've already done for you. It's not the approval of others that gives you worth. It's my approval, and I already approve. I already love you. You see what freedom that gives if I could actually get that deep down in my heart? That's what Jesus said. I came that you might be free. And Jesus wants the same thing for you. So we want to be disciples we wanna, so we can make disciples. And now we're to the last of our series, and so that brings us up to date. And this is how we want our church to be, how our church is going to be reimagined because of Jesus. One of the problems with a big church like ours is that it can be like a big boat. I don't know uh, the last time you have ever been in a, uh, like a two-person canoe 
But if you're in a two-person canoe, it's very easy to tell what you should be doing and what the other person's supposed to be doing. If you're in the back of the canoe and you're canoeing and the person in the front stops paddling, then you may take a couple more strokes, but eventually you're just going to put the paddle down and you're going to start to float and then drift. If you're in the front of the canoe and you realize you're the only one paddling, you're going to look in the back and go, hey, what are you doing? Right? Because it's easy to know what you should be doing and what they should be doing. What happens if one of you stops doing what you're supposed to do? That's the way a small church can be. A small church, sometimes it's easy to see what you should be doing and what somebody else should be doing. And then if they're not doing it, you kind of feel that, right? Listen, what we want to do as a church here at CCC in a, in a large church like ours is sometimes hard to tell what you should be doing. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether you should be part of the crew or whether you're just a passenger. But when I read things like Titus chapter 2 and, and Mark chapter 8, where Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, it seems obvious that Jesus intends all of his followers to be part of the crew and not just passengers. Now, if you're here and you are not yet a Christian, I want you to know we are thrilled that you're here. You are exactly in the right place. You get to be a passenger. You get to be the one in the middle of the canoe. You know, if you're ever in the middle of the canoe, you don't even get a paddle, right? Somebody else is going to paddle for you. That's okay. But if you are a follower of Jesus and this is your church, and we are going to try to reach 10,000 people who don't yet know Jesus and plant 60 churches and give $30 million in the next 30 years, we need you. We need you to be a part of this, and you will want to be a part of this. I say that because uh, like 25 years ago, I took 70 high school kids to the Dominican Republic to build an orphanage. And uh, they were all between their junior and senior year in high school. And I don't know if you've been around 17-year-olds, but uh, and if you're 17, just try not to listen to this. But uh, if you're going to uh, pick when a human being kind of peaks out with self-absorption, 17 is right around that age. And I took 70 of them to the Dominican Republic, and uh, we were building this orphanage, and the, the entire structure was, was just concrete. And uh, the, the day came where we needed to pour the roof, and the roof needed to be one pour. You couldn't do it in sections. I don't know why. But it was going to be one pour, and once we started, we couldn't finish. Or we couldn't stop. So I, I got all the kids together. I said, tomorrow we're going to do this epic pour of the roof. We need everybody. Right? And, it, and it's going to, we, once we start, we're not going to stop until we finish. Right? So the next day, we started, at, like, we got delayed, so we started like 1 o'clock in the afternoon in the heat of the day. And you should know, we didn't have like a cement mixer. We uh, did all the mixing with shovels. So somebody would pull, would bring an 80-pound bag of cement powder, dump it on the ground. We'd cut it open, empty the powder, put in rocks and sand and water, mix it up. And then in order to get it to the roof, we had to shovel it up to a platform where there were two kids on the platform. And they shoveled that to another platform where there were two kids on that platform who shoveled it up to the roof, who put it in a wheelbarrow and took it to a place in the roof. 90 tons of concrete needed to be poured that day. We started at 1.00. I have never seen 70 kids work like that. We didn't stop. They didn't stop to eat. They would, they would stand there and somebody would shovel food in their mouths because they were covered with concrete. We'd have 
guys walking over to other guys and rubbing the knots out of their shoulders because they'd be cramping up trying to shovel that concrete. At midnight, we finally finished. And we, I said, let's go to the river because we needed to wash off all the concrete. And on the way to the river, they began to sing. I will never forget that. I will never forget what, it's, what it was like to watch 70, 17-year-olds be at their very best and have so much joy. And some of those 17-year-olds have grown up and are now in this church. And if you stop one of them and, and, they, and you ask them about it, they will say, yeah, I will never forget that. I would have missed that for the world. That's what we want to be. That's why you want to be a part of this. That's why you can't miss this. 30 years from now, if you last 30 years, which I don't expect to, but as long as God gives me breath, I want to be walking with you, singing, exhausted, and just at my very best because I'm doing this for Jesus. And that's what we want. All right, so CCC reimagined. We wanted to make this as simple as possible. This is what we expect from you if you are part of this church. It's like a family meeting. Ready? We're going to call it CCC and three. CCC and three, which makes sense because I, you know, I love three points. Ready? Here's what it means. CCC, Christ Community Chapel, is where everyone has a place, everyone has a plan, and everyone has a person. Everyone has a place to serve, everyone has a plan to grow, and everyone has a person to reach. That's it. Let me start with everyone has a place to serve. A few years ago, I went to an arena football game. I don't know if you've ever been to an arena football game. The most interesting thing about arena football is the field. Because uh, normal football fields have sidelines and you can stand on the sidelines if you're a player that's not in the game. But arena football, if you are on the field, you are in the game. And that's what I love. That's what we want Christ Community Chapel to be. When I say that if you are part of this, if you are a follower of Jesus, part of this church, we want you to have a place to serve because if you are on the field, you are in the game. Because there's a problem with churches, most churches, and this is kind of across all churches, it's probably a part, it's probably what our church is like. In almost every church in America, 20% of the people do 80% of the serving. 20% of the people do 80% of the giving. And we want to change that. We want 100% of our people to be doing 100% of the serving, 100% of our people doing 100% of our giving. And part of the reason for that is one of the, the hardest transitions for an American Christian is to move from being a consumer to being a disciple. Now, I know it sounds bad to say to be a consumer, but the reason that that's so hard is that we all come to Jesus as, a, as consumers. Everybody does. Like, you don't come to Jesus with something to offer and say, hey, I'll give you this and you give me salvation. If you try to do that with Jesus, if you try to work your way for his love, you have a different religion other than Christianity because Christianity says it is by grace that you are saved. So it's an absolute gift. So we all come as consumers, but at some point, and it's easy then, and I understand it, it's easy to stay a consumer where you come to worship and you enjoy the worship, you enjoy the childcare, you enjoy a Bible study, but you never learn how to serve. You never really get a part. You just stay in the middle of the canoe. 
But when I read scripture, it seems obvious that at some point we transition. When Jesus says, if anyone comes after me, follows me, they must take up their cross and follow me. Deny themselves. You know, so at some point, you have to put your interests aside and say, I'm going to do this for other people. And that's what we want you to do. We need you to, to find a place to serve because here at CCC, if you are on the field, we want you to be in the game. And let me give you one more analogy that will help because it'll change the way you view church. Right? This is going to, if you find a place to serve, if you do that, then it will change the way you approach church. If I take my family out for a big dinner and we go to a restaurant, we expect people to serve us. That's what happens at a restaurant. It also means that we can be a little demanding if we want to be because we feel like that's our place. We are the ones being served. So it's easy to say to somebody, uh, listen, I didn't order iced tea. I wanted Dr. Pepper. You know, go get me a Dr. Pepper. I touch my food and I go, it's not hot enough. Go warm it up, right? But if I have my family over for a Thanksgiving meal at my house, it's a different feel. Everybody brings a dish because everybody's a part of it. Everybody helps clean up and nobody complains about anything, right? I mean, you, if you're at my house for Thanksgiving, you're part of my family and you go, hey, this isn't hot enough. And you look up, everybody in my family is going to just look at you and go, what are you doing? Why would you say that, you know? Uh, because that's the way a family works. That's the way we want our church to work. If you want to know about what you should do in a church, you need to look at Jesus, right? Like if we're going to square, triangle, triangle, square it. If we're going to say, okay, how did Jesus, what, is, what did Jesus do? And it, you know, it says in Scripture that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus in John chapter 13, this is something I saw a few years ago. John chapter 13, Jesus is about to wash the disciples' feet. And he does it because he's saying, listen, I want you to be like me. I want you to not be served. I want you to learn to serve. But before he washes the disciples' feet, this is what he says. John chapter 13. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he wrapped it around his waist. Jesus knew who he was. He knew who he was. And part of me, I'm just like you. Part of me, I, I love being served. It's, hard, it's against my nature to serve. But if I look to Jesus and I say, okay, Jesus, how do you want to change me? What is it about me that wants to be served instead of serve? And what I hear Jesus say is this, Joe, you need to understand, you need to talk to yourself, Joe, right? Knowing that Jesus had given himself for him, Joe, knowing that Jesus already has approved of him, already loved him, done something for him that he could not do for himself, got up from the table, wrapped a towel around his waist and began to serve. That's what we want for you, right? So here at CCC, we want 100% of our people doing 100% of the serving, 100% of our people doing 100% of the giving. So at CCC is where everyone has a place to serve. That's the first one. That's CCC in one. The second thing is that everyone has a plan to grow. Everyone has a plan to grow. Listen, 
A sermon is like the beginning of a conversation. It's like a tidbit. It will help you. I hope it helps you grow some, but it's not enough to make you into a disciple. We've said this for a while, that in order to really grow, you have to be in relationship because growing doesn't just happen in rows with a monologue like this. It happens in circles where you get to see people's face to face. And that's the way to really grow. So that's the way we want you to grow. When we talk about CCC and two, what we're saying is that everyone needs to be a part of a group like that. And if you look at our collages, that every decade we had small groups, people meeting in smaller groups in order to grow. We call them something different every decade. We call them small groups at first, then we call them cell groups, then we call them community groups, and now we're going to call them circles. And there are people who are going, why are you calling them circles? And the reason is this. If we want to reach a bunch of people that have never come to church, and have them come to church and begin to grow, we want to explain it in the easiest way possible for them to understand. And they may not understand what a community group is, but they understand exactly what it means to have a circle of friends because everybody needs a circle of friends. And if you're a part of a community group already here at CCC, then a circle is really just a a community group with more intentionality, and this is the way we describe it. A circle is a a group of Christ-following friends who are participating in a unified vision in a unique way. A circle is a group of Christ-following friends who are participating in a unified vision, everyone, every community, everywhere, in a unique way because we know that God has made you unique. So this is what we want to do. As a church leadership, we want to provide resources for every kind of season of your circle of friends. We want everyone to be a part of a circle of friends. And then we'll provide resources for you. And some of those resources might be a study guide to go along with the sermon series so you can dive deeper. It'll be, uh, we'll have series on, on books, book studies that we are offering every month. We highlight a book. You can get a, a study based on one of those books. You can get a a study based on a book of the Bible, but we will provide the resources that you need in order to grow because we want everyone to have a plan to grow into the person that Jesus made you to be. We're also going to provide supplements. Those are classes and Bible studies that happen on Sunday nights or throughout the week, men's studies, women's studies. We call them supplements because we want you to use them as a supplement, but your main place to grow is going to be with the people you know and the people who know you, the people you love, and the people who love you. So when I talk about square, triangle, triangle, square, about what's happening in my life, what Jesus wants to do in me, and I talk about how my, my worth is tied up in your thoughts about me and all that, that's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do with a bunch of people. It'd be easier to do in a circle of people that I know and who know me, people who I love and who love me. That's what we want for you. So when we say CCC and two, we mean that that you are part of a worship service, that you have found a place to serve, that's CCC and one, and that number two, you have a plan to grow because you're in a circle. All right, the last one, CCC and three, is where everyone has a person to reach. I almost said everyone has a purpose to impact, but that's too general. And when I read Matthew chapter 28, where it says, go and make disciples. That's talking about people. And people reach people. And that's what we want you to do. 
And the way that we're going to do it is hinted at in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. And then this, who are zealous for good works, who are zealous for good works. It reminds me of what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't light a lamp and put it under a a basket, but on a lampstand so it gives light to all who are in the house. And then he says this, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. So I think Jesus' plan for our church is for us to be servants, to be serving each other inside of here, to be growing with each other in relationship with each other, in relationship with him, but also to be out in the community doing just uh, as much as we can to serve and love our community, to be uh, salt that is spread out and not just in the salt shaker. I think there are two mistakes that churches our size makes make. One is that uh, we can allow people to, to continue to be spectators, where you just come on a Sunday morning, you enjoy worship, you go home. You come, you go home. Or we grab people and we pull them in, and they begin to serve so much and grow so much that they are never out in the community doing, being zealous for good works. So this is what we want. When we say CCC in one, we mean you'd have a, uh, a time when you worship, a service that you go to, and a place, one place to serve. Not, we don't want anybody serving in four different ministries. We won't need you to, because now 20% aren't doing 80% of the serving. Everybody's going to find one place to serve, just one, right? We want you to have a, a, a way to grow, a plan to grow. We want you to be a part of a circle and take a supplement every once in a while. We don't want you involved in four different Bible studies because we want you to have time to be out in the community helping coach Little League, being a a helper in your kid's school, being a part of Chamber of Commerce, volunteering in some place out there and looking for a friend, for somebody who needs a Christ-following friend and you can bring them close to Jesus. You see, this is what I imagine. This is what I want you to see. What I imagine is that like a Uh, us teaching adults and kids, all of them, everybody in this church, to to speak the language of CCC in three. Because what I imagine is like a a family sitting around a table and all of them talking about their CCC in three. The mom and dad talking about where they're serving, who they're trying to reach, how they're going to their circle to grow. The kids talking about the same thing, where they serve, what's happening in their small group, and then where they're participate. I think, I, I want to imagine middle school kids talking to other middle school kids who go to this church and saying, oh yeah, what's your CCC in three? And they say, yeah, I go to worship at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary, or I go to, to the East service, or, and then I serve by, by greeting down in a kid's area on the other hour. And then uh, my CCC in three, I'm part of the travel basketball team, but I'm the only Christ follower in that whole team. So I'm the friend of them. You see, I think what it'd be like. I think of uh, this, uh, if somebody uh, transferred into this area and they came up to me after a service and they said this, 
I said, listen, I just transferred into the area and uh, I'm going to come to church here. But I was trained at my last church that I need to uh, make sure I'm serving. So where do you need me? And I was trained in my last church that I need to be involved in relationships in a, a community. So you must have small groups. So let me know how I can get involved in a small group. And I want you to know I'm volunteering. I'm, I'm helping coach football in the high school so that I can be a Christ-following friend to people and bring them here close to Jesus. <laughs> if somebody came up to me after the service and said that, I'd just be going, bring it in. Give me a hug. Come on. Can you imagine 30 years from now, we're like a factory just producing people like that? Kids that graduate from here and go to Miami University, they go with the mentality, I'm a, I'm a CCC in three person. People get transferred out of here. They go to other churches and they go up to the pastor and say, this is what I know. Our DNA spread all over. Be good, not just for our community, but for the whole world. You want to be a part of this, right? Everyone, 10,000 people in the next 30 years, every community, 60 churches in the next 30 years, everywhere, $30 million spread all over the world. We need you. And you will want to be a part of this. And here at this church, we want to be a place where everybody has a place to serve and everybody has a plan to grow and everyone has a friend to reach. Let that be you. Let's reimagine life because of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I come to you and I am so, so grateful. I'm grateful not just that you save us, but that you invite us on this amazing adventure and that uh, you invite us to a, to a life that I, I got to see in a, just a snapshot in the Dominican Republic some 25 years ago with 70, 17-year-olds singing, exhausted but singing and full of joy. Lord, I pray that you will make us a church that is reimagined in every way because of who you are and what you want us to be. May we become the church, not that we used to be, but what we have never yet been for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen.